Is this the time for the Vikings to get into press coverage? Plus, prop bets and your bold predictions here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. You can also find the show on Amazon Fire or Roku if you just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app on those smart TVs. Uh, thank you all for your patience. Last couple days been on the road trying to do this, this on a, a remote setup, so things have looked weird, sounded weird. Um, so thanks for uh, sticking with me. We're back home, and uh, we can look a little deeper into this Colts matchup. We have... Uh, prop bets coming up in the, in the You Betcha segment, and of course, your bold predictions at the end of the show. But first, I want to address um, maybe one of the strategic things that I hear talked about a lot and, and just kind of talk through it. Off coverage, press coverage. Um, Brett Coleman, who <laughs> I guess he's working on a Vikings video, it should be interesting. Um, I, I love Brett. You should go watch his YouTube channel. Um, had a tweet that got a lot of run, a lot of discussion that said, Basically, every DB in the Vikings secondary is six feet or taller, save Shannon Sullivan, who's a nickel. And they're 31st in the NFL in total press snaps. They use press second to last in the league, and they only call man-to-man 10% of the time. So the implication being, hey, you have, you have these big, tall corners, and you're not actually using that reach to like jam dudes at the line, right? And I do agree with Brett. I think that that is a mistake. I think that there's... Um, I, I always thought Cameron Dantzler was at home, like getting up into people's faces and pressing, even though he's a skinny guy. That's how he played in college. And I think that's the kind of style of play that got him drafted. And nobody has had him do that since like neither Zimmer nor Donatel. So I, I've kind of thought like, hey, you know, let him get up into somebody's face. And if it's risky, it's risky. But, you know, that that might be the best way for him to play. It's not the way we've done it. And the the reason for that is kind of a lack of trust in those guys. And in Patrick Peterson's speed, because when you are in press um, and if you make a mistake, if you get beat off the line, I mean, watch just some Justin Jefferson tape to watch what happens when you're in press and you get beat off the line Um, because he does that to guys all day long. It's a catastrophe. It's a big problem. Um, And that's just something the Vikings don't want to open themselves up to. But considering that they are dead last in the league in defense right now, (laughs) it's hard to see. Uh, what their how their alternative is better than that? Um, I would love to see the Vikings press a little bit. Now, here's the deal: the Colts roster, their uh, their wide receiver room has Michael Pittman, who's six four two twenty three, Alec Pierce six three two twenty one, Mike Strawn six five two twenty four. These are big boy wide receivers. Is this the time to press? the size might, I mean, yeah, that might be a reason to press, right? To stop them from getting up uh, a whole bunch of momentum. You also have the idea of Matt Ryan, who is um, not the dude he used to be, (laughs) but I do think Matt Ryan can find completions. At least in the Colts games that I have watched, he's able to find completions. Whether they're positive plays or not is, is one thing, but he's a veteran. He can, you know, get quickly to his check down and stuff. 
Uh, and that's actually something you can kind of prey on. You can back everything off and let them dink their way down the field five yards at a time. And they have to ha string together a 14, 15 play drive without screwing anything up. That can be a way to play defense in this league. Um, this might work out really well against the attack that the Colts present. And, and listening to Jake yesterday on Crossover Thursday, by the way, listen to Crossover Thursday for some talk about um, the whole problems with the Colts offense. Their run game has just not been there. And that's really weird considering that they're the Colts and how much of a sense. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was going first overall in fantasy drafts. Um, the expectations were sky high and, and they just haven't hit. This has been one of the worst offenses in the league versus one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, now, I'm going to get to the other side of the ball, too, in a little bit, especially when we talk about um, the You Betcha, the Grambles. But I don't know how the Colts are going to handle Justin Jefferson. There's no Kenny Moore, which is massive, by the way. He's already been declared out uh, for the game. He's one of the better slot corners in the league, and the Colts have not had anybody really play the slot other outside of him. He has been the guy in the slot, at least per uh, PFS charting. So the Colts defense, this is a Gus Bradley defense, right? He's off the Pete Carroll tree. This is going to be like a cover three uh, sort of base, right? But in their ideal world, if the Colts had it their way, they would want to man you up and play cover one all day long. That's man to man across the board and just one deep guy. And then an extra, you know, blitzer maybe, or somebody lurking underneath, depending on the cover one call. But that's the way they want to live. They want to live in man to man, mano y mano, your guy versus my guy. Stefan Gilmore versus Justin Jefferson. Um, but Gilmore hasn't gone into the slot. Rocky has seen also questionable for this game. They've got a couple other corners that have. I think they've got good corner depth, and I think that the Colts defense, as well as it has played, they want to live in a single high world, have that extra guy in the box, stop the run. Um, if you can punish that, and the Vikings, a lot of the Vi this McVay offense was designed in a world where that Pete Carroll style of defense was in vogue. And so it was designed to attack that more than anything. And I think about the times that guys that like teams have left single high safeties. I think of like the first few drives of the bears game where they sprung sprinted out to that 21 point lead. Um, and I think of like some of the best offensive games that the Vikings have had have been against single high defenses and the Colts are a single high defense. Um, now, Way back when McVay was doing McVay, you know, 2017, when he was the first year as a Rams head coach, or even going back to when he was in Washington, 2015, 2016, when it was Kirk Cousins, um, th those offenses were designed to beat a way different version of the Pete Carroll defense than what Gus Bradley is is running now. Like things have adapted and evolved, and there's a lot more flexibility to it than there used to be. Um, so there's there's, you know, no easy out, right? But I think schematically, I guess all I'm saying is I like this matchup. I, I think this matchup favors the Vikings well. Um, I just like the way that the architecture of the Colts defense matches up with the architecture of the Vikings offense. And in particular, I like that we have like one of those superstars that there isn't like a clear slam dunk answer for what the Colts do against that. Um, so that's why I'm going to take some JJ overs. I got, uh, an interesting one coming up in the, uh, you betcha, the grambling segment. So we can get into that. And of course, we'll also get into your bold predictions.
before I do any of that, look, it's chilly outside, all right? You may have noticed. <laughs> so <laughs> don't face the dead of winter in old t-shirts and, and, and ratty sweats. Fight cold with Cozy or help your loved ones fight cold with Cozy this good old holiday season with Tommy John. Tommy John is cozy, silky, luxurious, lovely for this time of year especially. And you can shop Tommy John's Wrap It Up sale right now. You can give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, all right? Treat yourself. Take care of yourself. With Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. Every gift is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. So hurry to Tommy John's Wrap It Up sale and get 30% off of everything, plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. Order now so your gift arrive, so, so your gifts arrive before the holidays. That's 30% off plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. Tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. Thanks a million for making Locked On your first listen of the day, Locked On Vikings. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. It is a daily podcast in the same vein as this one, but it's covering the wide world of sports, all the biggest games and headlines. Also, check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL. If you want to know what's up with all the TFLs the Vikings have given up, I did an, an episode on that, and I also have an episode that may come out on, I think, Friday. Um, that is a sort of a version of the Wednesday episode of Locked On Vikings but with visuals and a little bit more of a like coherent flow with you know film and stuff. And um, I'll also have an article option there, too. You can also still win a Vikings jersey. Just uh, look at the show description, click the link. There's a tweet that will tell you everything you need to know. That raffle will wrap up on Christmas. So uh, on Christmas, that will be Wednesday. You have until Christmas to get donations into my favorite bunny charity. Do it for the rabbits. All right. It's time for some Grambles. You betcha the Grambling segment where I uh, tell you a couple of prop bets that I like for Vikings games. We'll look at how we did in the Lions game, and I didn't do great. I did get Justin Jefferson over six and a half receptions. I think he hit just about every over in that game, and I think that, <laughs> that might just keep happening. Uh, I, the over-unders for JJ last week were really depressed because of what... Um, happened in week three because he got held to 14 yards in week three. And I think we were right to kind of say that, well, that was probably a one-off and I don't think the lions can pull that off again. And they couldn't JJ had a huge day, right? Record setting even. Um, I didn't hit anything else. <laughs> I had a flyer on a Hawkinson anytime touchdown, which is plus, which was plus one ninety, Uh, and then I had Amon Ross St. Brown over 81.5. Um, I feel like I, like I just wanted to, take Lions overs because I kind of don't believe in the Vikings defense, right? Um, he didn't hit that because the Lions spread the ball around way more than I thought. So miss on that. And then I had both teams over 24.5 as a yes, which would have been a plus 200 hit. And if the Vikings convert that two point conversion, they would have done it. They ended up with 23. They could have had 25 if they hit that two point. So I was very close. Uh, let's move on to this game, though. The one I think I like the most is so there's a couple of Colts overs that I like here as as much as I think the Colts offense I mean of course the Colts offense is notoriously terrible but that's factored into the over unders and I still think the betting market is overestimating the Vikings defense um Paris Campbell over 45 and a half he's not the focal point of the Colts offense but he's going to be in the slot and he's going to be the guy that I think a lot of those over the middle passes will be to um, it'll be either that or like Mo Alley Cox, maybe like they'll do the tight end thing. But I, I think Paris Campbell over the middle will be something that the Colts can do because everybody else the Vikings have played has been able to do that thing over the middle. 
Um, and 45 and a half is a fairly low over under for what I think is like the second most uh, targeted receiver on the Colts. Um, it's just not a high volume offense, but hey, that's okay because the Vikings will make you a high volume offense. <laughs> Welcome to your get right game, right? Um, in the same vein, I like Matt Ryan over 22 and a half completions. Um, I just like Matt Ryan to find completions. Um, again, you know, that like I'm a little less comfortable with like a yards over under or a touchdowns or something like that, but I feel really comfortable with the idea of Matt Ryan being able to find his outlets, his blitz counters and all that stuff, getting the ball out quickly. It's what has killed the Vikings all year long is quarterbacks that can get the ball out. And I think Matt Ryan can, even if it's not going to be, you know, crazy dimes down the field and, and all these throws he used to make when he was younger in his career. So those are two I feel pretty good about. I also feel good. So as much as I'm like downing on the, the Vikings defense and they deserve it, they are the bad guys this week. So they're going to get clowned on um but i think i still like the vikings to win and I, I go back to what we talked about at the end of crossover thursday yesterday with jake if this is a close game and it's the vikings so it's going to be um i mean yeah, these are the rules right <laughs> moral laws of physics uh if this is a close game the vikings have a great advantage in in that situation if this comes down to situational football if this comes down to you know who's just got it together right who's able to make their time tie uh timeout decisions their clock management decisions who is more you know well coached in those moments the vikings have emphasized that and the colts are coached by jeff saturday um that is advantage vikings and so i really like the vikings in a close win here I could see this. I mean, Jake kind of put it in my head yesterday from Locked On Colts where he kind of told me like, you know, I could see this being like 31-17 and the Vikings just run away from it. And I could see that world where they just can't keep up with Justin Jefferson and they just aren't the kind of offense that's built to like make big come from behind wins. So it's just like over by, you know, the third quarter. Um, but I just don't trust the Vikings to make a game that close um, or to make a game to run away with a game. I mean, we haven't seen them run away with a game since week one. I would love to see it. I want to see it. I'm desperate to see it. I'm dying to see it. I've got a fever and seeing that is the only cure to it. Um, but I don't have any faith that we're going to see it. So I'm going with Minnesota little win. Um, I like their, the, the odds of this game being close and I like the odds of the Vikings winning in that close game scenario. It's a plus one Oh nine for the Vikings to win by one to 13 points. So basically any score that's one or two scores, unless except for like 13 or 14 and 15 specifically, um, plus one Oh nine. Um, I think the odds on that are, are pretty good being uh, a little bit better than two to one odds is pretty good on something that I, I would say is the most likely outcome here. That's the way I'm going to do it. And that would also be what the spread suggests, right? It's a four point spread. And then the last one I am going to take. So I talked up all of this stuff about Justin Jefferson. You could take his over. It's 95 and a half. It's not what I did here. You can take his over on uh, receptions, which is seven and a half plus 112. I love that bet. Um, actually, I yeah, do that bet. Screw that. Let's let's put another one down. <laughs> JJ's receptions plus 7.5 or uh, over 7.5. Because it's plus one twelve on Bet Online, at least as I record this. But I'm actually going to take another flyer. I'm going to put a half unit down on uh, Justin Jefferson getting two touchdowns at plus four hundred. I don't believe he's done that yet this year, unless he did it in week one. Um, but I only think he did. He got one in week one. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm going off the dome. Um, but two Justin Jefferson touchdowns as a flyer. Um, I like his odds to really be able to produce. I love Stefan Gilmore. He's not the guy he was in New England. Um, no Kenny Moore. 
right? A little bit banged up all over the place. I think this can be a big JJ game. And there is actually a bold prediction coming up that would uh, corroborate that. So let's get into the bold predictions here uh, in a little bit. They are from the listeners, and it is a great way, as always, to wrap up the week. First, though, this episode is brought to you by Total Wine and More. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and More. So many great bottles to choose from. It's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Also, curbside pickup and delivery are available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. B21. It is time for the best part of the week. If you ask me, it is the bold prediction segment. This is where I take bold predictions from you all, the listeners, the craziest, wildest things you can concoct. And if you're right, we party. Thank you all so much for all of your submissions. Let's go over last week's first. Uh, we did not hit any much. Uh, to nobody's surprise, I think these are pretty out there, but they were fun. Kyle Barker said that each team would have a touchdown scored by a player from Minnesota State, Mankato. This was the closest one because we did get a Thielen touchdown, but we needed a Shane Zilstra touchdown on the other side to satisfy it. We did not get that. Uh, but hey, you know, one play away, right? Uh, Chris Smith said that the Vikings would get a safety without tackling or sacking a Lions player. I loved that as the idea of one of those classic Lions discipline moments didn't happen. Um, observed idiocy said that Joseph would hit a 56 yarder, but missed the extra point. The Vikings did, uh, lose an extra point worth of value, but not by missing the kick. Uh, I do not believe Joseph hit a 50. I think he hit like a 54 yarder though. Right. So close. Uh, Joshua Lampa said that the Vikings and lions would both gain their fewest amount of yards up to this point. <laughs> oh, we did not get there. We had, uh, the, the, we hit the over, we had the shootout. We were promised. Lorenzo said that the only things, oh yeah, he had a whole rant about how the yards are only good for fantasy football and the Pro Bowl, and that the Vikings would win by not giving up any touchdowns. Neither of those conditions were satisfied. And then Skolator said that uh, the Vikings would break its streak of single score wins, which I guess they did, but that they would win on a double score, but it wouldn't feel like they did. Like it was a one score game, but a defensive touchdown iced it on the final drive, that kind of thing. Uh, we didn't get there, but I loved the idea of that. Let's move on to next week. First one comes from Peter Quaranta, who says that the Vikings play Jeff Saturday on a Saturday. Uh, never mentioned that. The Scrabble score for the word Saturday is 12. The Colts score exactly 12 points. Look, again, I can see a world like this is not one of the league's best offenses. I could see a world where they totally just fall apart, even against a bad defense. I, we've sure watched putrid Vikings offenses do that against the league's worst defenses. So, you know, 12 points. How about like a, a, a missed extra point after a touchdown? And then they like go for two to try to make up for it and get 12. Maybe we have weird safety shenanigans or maybe it's just four field goals. I could see 12 points. Um, I love the idea of a scrabble score for the word Saturday. <laughs> that is very funny. Uh, I like this one. Shadow Flame says that the Colts fourth quarter woes continue as a relatively close game quickly gets out of hand and the Vikings outscore the Colts by 20 or more points in the fourth quarter. So this is referencing, uh, obviously, the Colts Cowboys Sunday night game uh, a couple of weeks ago where it was a two point game headed into the fourth quarter and the Col the, the, the Cowboys ended up winning by 35. <laughs> It's a 33 point quarter, uh, just an absolute catastrophe. It was like turnovers and, uh, and that's something I probably should have talked about more about with the Colts that they are a turnover prone team. 
And, um, you know, the Vikings didn't get any turnovers against the Lions. They tried to. And check out my Patreon for how they tried to do that. But it didn't come. But this is a team that turns the ball over. So maybe we have something like that, right? It was like score, like Dallas scores, turnover, Dallas scores, turnover, Dallas scores. Like one of those, like when you accidentally set the difficulty setting too high and Madden, it was incredible. Uh, Denver Lugvigson says the Vikings get a defensive get right game and pitch a shutout. He also said uh, that like half the touchdowns would be defenses. I, I just want the pitch a shutout part. Viking shutout is the bold prediction here. Um, but I like the idea of a, a, a defensive get right game. I've been telling crossover partners all year that the Vikings defense is your offense's get right game. If your offense is struggling, if you're having a bad time, you get to come into Minnesota and get your stuff together and, and have a little bit of a bounce back and feel like you have some rhythm. Even if you lose a close game, um, the, the let's have one for the defense. How about how about Matt Ryan and that ailing offense gives the defense a get right game that we can feel a little better about Malcolm Biggles. Uh, says at the after the first score, this one is just so bizarre. I was inspired. Uh, he said after the first score of the game, at no point will the combined score of both teams be an even number. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be really, really hard to satisfy because the two primary ways to score are three and seven. So you have you get a three but then you need to have something other than a three and a seven and you need it to be like only even numbers to not go back to an even number. Does that make sense? Like it needs to be, you know, a, a field goal makes it three and then it needs to be like safeties. It needs to be missed extra points or two point conversions um, to keep that. Like the scores all need to be even numbers to stop the odd numbered score from switching over. It's a very weird way uh, to think about this game it would be an absolutely incredible outcome. I, I would be shocked if you could find a game that this happened in that wasn't like a seven to nothing game where there was only one score in the whole game. Uh, but hey, it's the bold prediction segment. We're not here to talk about likely things. So I love it, Malcolm. David Whitting says two Vikings, not Zadarius Smith or Hunter have a multiple sack game. I also should mention uh, Daniil Hunter is questionable for the game. He is not declared out or anything like that. Um, I do not believe any Vikings are declared out. There's a whole bunch of questionables with Garrett Bradbury, Harrison Smith, um, Dantzler, who's been dealing with an illness. He did practice on Friday, uh, or I'm sorry, on on Thursday. And, and then, of course, um, Hunter. So... That is something to mention, by the way, but we have two Vikings not named those two guys that have a multiple sack game. So let's get some, let's, let's get, get Tonga time, baby. Uh, also, Harrison Phillips is questionable. So we will have some backups in the game um, that will be able to get a little bit more uh, run, maybe like Patrick Jones if Daniel Hunter can't go, that kind of thing. Uh, get Quacken has the last one I'm going to do today, which is that JJ brings the JJ 2K campaign pace down to under 100 yards a game after this one. Luckily, the math is really easy for this. He is at exactly 1,500 yards. He has four games remaining, so he needs to get 500 yards in the last four games. To get to a 100-yard-per-game pace, he needs to get 200 of those yards out of the way so that he'll have 300 in the remaining three games. Easy math, right? Uh, there's some copying off me in math class. I got to live up to my, my tagline sometimes. That would mean a 200-yard game for Justin Jefferson. His over-under is 95 and a half. You're saying that he's going to double that, and that's some, one of the bigger over-unders in the league this week. So that would be quite bold. Thank you all again so much for your bold prediction submissions. We'll come check back on these next Friday. 
in the meantime, I'll, I'll talk to you all on Monday. We'll talk to you in the postcast. Check out the postcast. It, it comes on this podcast feed. Or if you're a YouTube watcher, go to uh, Locked On Minnesota Sports U- YouTube page. It's live on there. Me and Sam will break down whatever happens in this Colts game. And then, of course, we'll keep talking about it throughout the week. Vikings have a chance to clinch the North. This might be the last time that we talk with the Vikings not having clinched a playoff spot in the NFC. There's a chance. And even if the Vikings lose, there's a chance the Lions go lose to the Jets in New York and the same outcome happens. So we will all be watching intently. I will talk to you all then. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Check me out on Patreon. Donate to a rabbit, get a jersey, get a raffle ticket, all that good stuff. I will see you all next week. And as always, Skull.